breaking news. HR from the Happy Valley here, and we are the Worldwide Reporters. My name is Louis Maglier, and I'm joined here with a couple of my other co-hosts. This is Sam. This is Fatima. And this is Lee. Today, in our podcast series, we're going to give you a little overview about human resource management issues that occur in the hospitality industry. And now I'm going to give you a little brief introduction about the group, specifically about myself. Where are you from, Louis? I'm from New Jersey, through and through. I carry it with me with me with a lot of pride. I love a good chicken cutlet, and I love a good tan on in the summer. And wow, man, being New Jersey's a uh, big part of me. South Jersey Shore, huh? South Jersey Shore, but I'm a North Jersey resident. Yeah, I mean, I heard liking tans. You're going to Thailand for your graduation trip. How do you feel? You're right. I am traveling to Thailand, and I'm expanding to uh, another region of the world. I'm very excited, and... Uh, can't wait to be a worldwide reporter out there one day. Never yeah. been to Asia, right? No, first time ever. Nice. Okay, well, I'm Sam, your co-host, coming to you live. I'm Chinese-American from Philly, and I'm a mother of two cats, and I'm currently a supervisor in the banquets department. How is being a mother? Um, you know, I get to see them in less than a week, so I'm excited about that. They grow up big. That's nice. No, yeah. You have another... Yourself, Fatima? Yeah, my name is Fatima Almir. I'm an international HM student from Saudi Arabia, and I'm also a mother of a dog instead of a cat. Her name is Nova. I brought her all the way with me from back home, and it was a lot to bring a dog over here. Long flight. Yeah, and so most interesting thing about me is I'm here for two extra degrees because, you know, a lot of people would collect art as it's like their expensive hobby. I collect degrees. That's an expensive hobby. It is. I mean, think about all the tuition you put into it. Yeah, gotta catch them all like Pokemon. <laughs> well, I do have an expensive hobby myself. Uh, my name is Whaley, and my expensive hobby is golf. And I'm the only professional golf management major in this group. Do you have any idea why I'm in this class, Sam? No. Well, in any industry, we have to deal with people, and people are always at the core of our foundations. So, human resources. That's what we're talking about today. Yeah. So, Wei Lee, your expensive golf hobby. Yeah. How are you? Would you say you're a scratch golfer or what? What's your uh, shooting right now? Maybe a 7-8 handicap. 7-8 handicap. That can work. Well, as I said earlier, folks, we're going to get into our topics in a, just a few moments. We'll explain a little bit more in depth about human resource in the hospitality industry. So, looking forward to hearing back from you guys. And we have two areas that we're talking about. Yes. So, we have here's the bus where we all have a article that we talk about. And we also have uh, hot topics with our friends from the Netherlands, Casper, uh, joining us. Awesome. Can't wait to look forward to it. We'll come back real soon. All right, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the music from Comfy Beats. So we're going to get started on a segment. Here's the buzz, um, where we report from a different desk of something based on the articles that we chose. So let's get started with Fatima. Welcome back everyone. So today I'm reporting to you from here's something to watch out for. My article is about ways HR will look different in 2023. It was This article was published in December last year, 2022. So the article focused on four different points, how everything is changing basically on how what the HR and how the hiring process is being different by Focusing on individuals who are not only have the knowledge, but more about the skills that they can use and transport within each of the industries by solving different problems. They're also talking about um, the pay transparency. So we What's all know. That? The, what does we, that mean? 
we all noticed that like in the past no one likes to talk about their pay right. but now there's like a higher bush into like knowing what you're actually getting paid if it's if it's fair or equal to the other people who are like doing the same work as you and that's getting a lot of bush and I'm, I think we're all happy about that, right? Yeah, so yeah, people get some equal pay. I'm surprised that it wasn't transparent in the first place. Yeah, so people yeah. are talking about their pay now. Like, what do you get? I'm, I'm happy about that. And there is a higher effort in, in creating equality and inclusion. And as we are like white world reporters, we are also happy about that because it just means more inclusion for us all. But also, um, the big thing is AI being a big part of the hiring process. How does that make you feel, Louis? Like... AI is honestly really scary to me, very intimidating. I mean, the chat whole ChatGPT thing personally is very concerning. I mean, just last week, I remember on my Snapchat account, an AI popped up on my account. Very concerning. It kind of goes into a little bit about my desk. Today, as I said, my name is Louie. I'm going to be talking from the desk of something important. And something important is an article that I read by Forbes. Uh, written on December 5th in 2022. It's titled, How to Manage a Virtual Works Workplace. So this kind of goes into the AI world, you know, Zoom, all of that type of technology. But in the article, the big three things that I kind of learned was, as a manager, you really want to learn where your team's desires are. You want to see if they have goals and visions, if they want to be a family person, or if they really want to put their work first. This will help you as a manager create better relationships with your person, with your peers, and kind of distract them away from that AI and technology. Another suggestion that they shared was change your recruiting approach. Not everyone wants to be recruited to work in a virtual workplace. Some people want to work in an office, so if, you want, if you're trying to appeal to people who want to be in a Zoom setting, then you should use Zoom to recruit them. Personally speaking, I mean, I'm sure here in the group, I don't know what your feelings are about Zoom. Oh, I fell asleep through all my classes in Zoom. Exactly. Yeah. Personally, I know that wouldn't work for me. Lately, being a golf guy, that definitely does not work for you. <laughs> well, and, and COVID definitely changed a lot. But when you have a workspace where you have people from all across the world, and that may be useful, right? Of course. So that kind of all goes into that. But then the last thing that they talk about is avoid the Zoom fatigue. As Sam just shared, she fell asleep on Zoom in class, and I'd be guilty... Uh, saying that if I didn't either. So, you know, just take those all into consideration. The world's moving into a virtual workplace. It may be going back into an in-person workplace, but as a future manager, be aware of what your employees are looking for. I said going to a hybrid. Yeah, a hybrid world should be the next best. So talking about the wall, Sam, what about you? Well, while Louis is more like international and worldwide based, mine's is more centralized in one location and West Africa. Um, this is Sam, by the way, just reminding you guys. But my article was actually published last year, so it's a little late, but kind of current at the same time. And it's from Shana Harris called Raising Cocoa Farmers Income is Pass or Fail for the Chocolate Industry. And this is behind the scenes of the chocolate success. So we got any chocolate lovers here? Nope. Chocolate ice cream for me. Chocolate. Okay, you and me, Louie. So, the world's largest manufacturer, Mars, has recently announced a program where they aim to double the income of 14,000 cocoa farmers by 2030 in the two countries where cocoa is most um, developed from, which is Cote d'Ivoire, which is the Ivory Coast, and Indonesia. And what's interesting is they are offering financing, long-term purchasing relationships, revenue, diversity, and agroforestry assistance, but actually, hmm, I'm going to have you guys guess. How many programs have happened? To think, increase the income. Hundred. Of around hundreds? I, I'm going to lowball it. I'm going to go for five. 
1,500 programs have happened, but how many did you have been successful? Probably 5%. I'm going to go back with my desk. Five. It's actually three. Oh, you're close. You're close. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, the farmers are still in poverty, and they're starting to deforest on a large scale, and that's bad for the environment. But why do you think that's, like, so hard to cause all this income stuff to, like, increase? I'm going to go with the guess that, like, a lot of the companies are just trying to cut their cost. Yeah. Yeah, cut costs. Yeah. That's I, a big focus. It is. I think they're trying to cut costs, and they're trying to, like, produce as much as possible. But it's, like, in the end, it's not going to work out. Like... Growing stuff takes time. Come yeah, on especially now. produce. Come on now. Exactly. Can't rush that. If you want good chocolate. <laughs> yeah, good chocolate. Right, so you've done Africa, and now I'm heading over to Asia. Um, you're going to Thailand, so pretty close by. Very um, close. South Korea. So I'm going to talk about an uh, entertainment company, JYP. And I'm going to use a little keynote that the CEO, Jin Young Park, gave in 2018. Bear with me, I know it's a while ago. It was the 2018 Sparks Lab Demo Day uh, where he gave this keynote. Why is this important? It's because we can see now in 2023, JYP company is doing really well. And when he talked about his idea of JYP 2.0, so in 2018 when he was developing a second stage for the company, building a new building and everything, he talked about four different teams, which is Company in company, number one. Globalization by location, number two. JYP Music Factory, number three. And lastly, creativity from happiness. I'm going to focus on creativity from happiness. And the three subsections for creativity from happiness is first one's work-life balance. What does work-life balance mean to you? Work-life balance means to me being able to go home at the end of the day from work and being able to fully unwind and being able to unplug from your duties at work. But in the hospitality industry, I'm going to be honest with you, that's not too realistic at a younger age. Yeah. Unfortunately. But yeah, that's his point. Like Healthy and happy employees come up with better ideas. On the second thing, we go to healthy lifestyle. Do you think food is a big important part of a lifestyle, Sam? I mean, yeah, of course. Like, just... There are some foods where you have when you eat, it makes you feel better in general, and it gives you energy. Yes. You are what you eat. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, organic food in the company's canteens, which is everywhere that they go, and there's also plants in the building to help with getting fresher air. And lastly, there's mental care, which uh, JYP employs psychiatrists to help his staff and artists when they have issues and they need to talk to somebody professional. Sign me up. Yeah. I need that too. <laughs> I think everyone could use that. You're lying if you didn't. So how do you think all these articles connect together, Louis? I think it all goes to the point about the industry's diverse and there's a lot of issues occurring. You know, you just have to take the right approach and be the right person at the end of the day. As you know, you talked about the positive aspects of going into work. I talked about, you know, maybe some of like the negative aspects if you don't want to work in a virtual workforce. It's just, you know, you really have to find what you're looking for and be happy with it and really be passionate about your work. Yeah, I think in general, like, all of our articles talk about the well-being of the employees and how it'll be, like, in the future. Like, Fadma's article is, like, something that we'll see in 2023 and it'll constantly evolve. Yeah, life is always changing and in this era especially, it's, like, faster than before. All we need to do is 
keep fluid and be adaptable to anything that happens that's a key to like being successful not just like being stuck on like the past we need to like find ways learn new ways and just make ourselves better and that's a very hot topic that we're thinking about right so hot topic coming up next so stay tuned to see what hot topic we'll talk about and this is where you'll meet our friend casper from the netherlands thank you very much Welcome everyone, here you guys are joining us, the, the Worldwide Reporters, and we're going to get into our Hot Topics segment. With our Hot Topics segment, we will specifically talk about holidays in the workplace. Today with me, I have a few guests I want to introduce. So our first guest we're introduce is Wei Li. Hello again. Second guest is Fatma Amir. Welcome back. And then our other guest again is Sam. Hello, hello. And then all the way from the Netherlands, our good friend, Casper. How are we today, Casper? Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. I'm doing good. How about you? Doing great. You're having a great day. So, Casper, could you give us a little bit more about yourself? I mean, being from the Netherlands, uh, just a little overview if you just want to... Yeah, sure. Uh, so, my name is Casper. I'm 22 years old. I'm currently studying hotel management in Maastricht. It's in the south of the Netherlands, and I'm in my third year. And currently, I'm doing a minor called Horizons in Hospitality in which we investigate how hospitality can be found in about every sector throughout the business world. And that's what brought me to this podcast. Awesome. Love to hear that. So as I stated earlier, we're going to be talking about celebrating holidays in the workplace. As you know, that there's always big issues that can be controversial to that. Uh, Wei Li, do you have anything to a little bit share about that? Yes. Yeah, so we have a very diverse and uh, unique kind of like atmosphere in the United States where you have many people, many ethnic backgrounds and many different religions. So as we know, Christmas comes from the Christian Methodist, uh, Christian background. Mm -hmm. So how do we incorporate other religions, um, including Christian Christianity into, into the workplace and how do we celebrate these holidays? And that's what we're talking about today, right? Yeah, so the way we're going to go through this is we're going to do a little Q&A segment. Myself, Louie, I'll be your host. And so in our first round, we're going to kind of just go through each um, panelist here has something to share uh, regarding a special issue that they found regarding uh, celebrating holidays in the workplace. So we're going to kick it off. We'll uh, start with uh, Fatma. So what do you have to share about this? So the main issue that I'm focusing on is how to include everyone, including the people who are not religious in the workforce so we're like we have like the christmas for christians and then we also have the hanukkah for jewish people and then we have the non-religious folks like the atheists who don't have anything to do and can't be included within any of like the holidays that we have um sam you got anything to follow up with that or what's your thoughts yeah i mean you guys are familiar with secret santa right yes secret santa mm -hmm. yeah so technically when it comes to workplaces and stuff like that when they throw holiday parties it makes people feel pressure to spend money on those events and occasions and stuff like that so sure. that's like one concern that i have in mind about this yeah i guess i mean forcing people to have to pay money for to give people gifts is a little controversial now we'll swing it over to our good friend casper uh what are some thoughts that you have about this topic a little brief overview yes so looking at the topic from a hospitality point of view um one of the main issues that people stumble upon all across the world and especially employers is how you're going to handle uh, working in a hotel having guests from all over the world we celebrate all different uh, holidays so islamic holidays christian holidays buddhist holidays and so on and a workforce that's quite extensive so how are you going to solve the issue that you will be celebrating one uh, holiday within your hotel 
for the guests, but you'll not be doing it the other way around for your employees and how this can be solved. Yeah, that's a very good point. How are you going to be able to balance, you know, the different customers coming in with different religions at certain holidays of the year? And exactly. to wrap this up, uh, Wei Li, what do you have to share? So I'm from Singapore and we are the Worldwide Reported. So I'm here to give you a more worldwide perspective. So I'm going a little back to home where I'm mm -hmm. from, Singapore. So according to the Singapore Department of Statistics, the population in Singapore in terms of ethnic groups is 74.3% Chinese, 13.5% Malay, 9% Indian, and 3.2% of other ethnic groups. So how do we incorporate all the different kind of ethnic groups and respect their holidays and celebrate that in the workplace? Yeah, I mean, that's just in one region alone, so that's right. pretty diverse. Small country too. Small country. So now we're gonna dive into our next round of Q&A. And this is when our panelists will be able to share um, a managerial solution that they have found regarding the issue that they just stated. So we're gonna go in same format as before. And we'll yeah, um, and we wanna kind of like give a little brief introduction of what our topic is again before yeah, we sure. talk about that. So we're gonna start again with uh, Fatma. So Fatma, what do you wanna give a little brief overview and share your points? Okay, so the topic that I mentioned before is the inclusion for everyone and how it's like always been a struggle in um, the industry. One of the, when I've done my research, I found out that like the best way to include people is all when people are like starting the job, just like ask them what their preferences, what holidays do they celebrate, or even if they don't have holidays like atheist people, because the statistic shows that out of like the workforce in the United States, about 20% of the workforce are not religious at all. So even if they don't have holidays, you can just ask them about what kind of um, traditions they do. So that's a closer thing to a holiday. What do you think, Sam? I think that's actually a really good idea. Sam, what is your managerial solution that you have for your issue? Well, since my concern is mostly about the financial issue and the peer pressure of like attending those holidays, I would say that like we shouldn't have holiday related parties at all, like just get rid of it entirely. I remember we were talking about Robert, um, talking to Robert Grimes. He was like a podcast person that we talked to in the Zoom. He said that like they did like at the end of the month, they would hold a party to kind of like celebrate everything, like people's birthdays. That basically just saying that like you guys did a good job so here's a little treat for yourselves and yeah, usually it's like the manager that'll pay for it instead of having people bring things themselves and robert is also very experienced in the hospitality industry too on top of having a podcast yes so, yeah and casper what is a managerial solution that you have for dealing with uh, different customers coming into your hotels the main uh, managerial solution uh, it can be in two ways first of all uh, there's the option of letting people decide which uh, holiday they want to celebrate. So you give people the freedom to celebrate their own uh, religious or cultural holidays, and you give them a certain amount of days off that they can use for this. Uh, one issue that might arise is that people who celebrate less holidays from their culture, they might have some extra holidays, and people who might be celebrating quite a few holidays from their culture, they might, they might be celebrating, celebrating more holidays than they will get off days. Uh, so the best way to compensate this uh, would be or to give people who celebrate more holidays uh, days off that will not be paid or uh, offering people who will be celebrating less holidays uh, extra paid holidays uh, that they can use whenever they feel feel like. Yeah, it's a great idea. Give them the option. Have your employees be able to pick and choose. And uh, to wrap this up, Wei Li, what's your manager solution that you have for your uh, issue? 
Right, so I think I'm very proud that my Singapore government has done a good job in dealing with this issue and they have 10 public holidays annually which we try to cover every ethnic group or religion so for example New Year's Day you know brand new year everyone's happy um, Chinese New Year for the Chinese people or Lunar New Year rather um, Good Friday and Christmas for your Christian crowd Hari Raya Puasa and Haji um, this is for our Muslim friends to celebrate uh, Ramadan and, and all the stuff that they do for the Muslim religion. And lastly, the Deepavali, which is the festival of lights for our Indians. Yeah, so it seems like the Singapore government kind of has this under control for them. Yeah, it's a very unique uh, place because you have so much different ethnicities. Awesome. And now we're going to get into our open discussion where we're just going to collaborate as a group and kind of share each other's points and uh, give some feedback. So, I mean, yeah. I think all these solutions are great. Does anyone have anything that sticks out to them? Sam? I do. So like when I was listening to Casper talk about his solution when it comes to having the people choose which holidays they want to celebrate, I actually read an article from Harvard Business Review where the person actually for the solution did like five floating holidays so that people could take off. And then they'll also have extra padded like paid time off. So if like, let's just say the Jewish holidays, they observe 13 and they observe all 13 holidays, they can use the pain time off and the floating holidays to help them like observe through all the religious things. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great solution. Um, another thing that I want to bring up is through my research, uh, I read about an article from Time written by Olivia Wexman. It's called The Surprising Story of Christmas in the United States. And it was written in 2016, but as we read through this article, we realized that Christmas was kind of like implemented as a federal holiday in the 19th century. And this was to create a sense of community and unity through a very hard time uh, economically that the US was going through. So we need to look at these holidays not as a religious issue, but more of bringing everyone together to celebrate for the same cause. And we were, um, listening to all of us, giving our input, what input do you have, what thoughts do you have? Um, yeah, so I mean, listening to all those solutions, it's really powerful to see the different strategies and managerial approaches that you have to take resolving different issues. I mean, Sam's point of view, talking about how to mitigate purchasing gifts for someone, Casper sharing the flexible ability, and Fatma speaking about how we can all just kind of have diversity and inclusion within our workspace. It's really important to just be aware of who's around you and know that people are coming from different backgrounds across the world. And that's why the hospitality industry is so diverse. And that's what makes me very passionate about it. So embrace it and, uh, you know, always have a smile on your face while you're doing service. I mean, Fama, do you have anything to share? Yeah, it's a really like um, a hot topic because we've noticed that like a lot of hotels, especially in our industry, we do celebrate all these vast holidays or like... Um, in every way, yet that doesn't mean it's included in our workforce as well. But we would do like for the decoration for every holiday we know of. It's just a matter of like how to make it part of actually the workforce. Don't you think so, Casper? Yeah, I do. I do. One thing I also stumbled upon uh, during my research is this article from uh, Paul Lansing um, in the Labor Law Journal 
It's called the ethics of accommodating employees' religious needs in the workplace. And basically what it all comes down to is the fact that if you have people working in your company from all different walks of life, from different cultures, different religions, that the best way to integrate them within the team and within the company is to respect their needs they have regarding their religious and cultural uh, holidays. And by doing so, how you can influence the entire atmosphere within your company. Yeah, and that's really like your experience working in Dubai, which you have many different guests from many different countries. And like our podcast experts that we spoke to, which Sam mentioned earlier, Mr. Robert Grimes and also Mr. Robert Vanderham from the Netherlands, they mentioned during our talk with them that not only do you have to look at the cultural differences in the host country where the uh, hotel and the property is in, you also need to look at the whole, at the country, the culture of your employees and also of your guests, which makes it threefold. Of course, yeah, there's a lot of aspects that go into it. So I think now we're gonna get into our next round. Five words. Yeah, this is our five word finalization. So. Each panelist is going to go around and we're going to share a concluding points in five words. Uh, let's finish strong here. We'll uh, start out with Fatma. Onboarding <clears throat> and inclusion are the key. Awesome. Sam? I can be just forward. Just be open-minded. Look at that. Just four words for Sam. Casper, can you beat that? Uh, mine would be almost the same. I was going to say, uh, be open towards each other. There we go. Fairly similar. And to wrap us all up, we got Wei Lee. Empathy, love, care and embrace diversity. And I'm going to put you here on the spot. Give me a five words. Maybe um, one, two words. Five words. Um, treat others the way you want to be treated. And that's one that's of the biggest thing. That's and, the golden rule of yeah, life. Definitely. You get taught that when you're very young. And uh, just because we're getting older doesn't mean we can't forget about that. So just give a little summary again. You know, celebrating holidays in the workplace can be a very difficult thing. But at the same time, you can make it a great thing. As we shared with all of our managerial solutions, how to please your employees and please your guests. Um, just do the right thing when it comes to celebrating holidays in the workplace. Don't exclude people and always be inclusive. So and with that. Thank you for Casper for joining us all the way from the Netherlands too. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun doing this with you guys. Yeah, it's nice working with you. Pleasure. Do the next right thing. We're going to wrap it up, right? Yep. And here we are. Thank you for listening to the podcast and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Hope you enjoyed. Bye. Bye-bye.